other thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey folks, it's Simo. Thanks for joining us and welcome to episode 42 of the Thong Slappers podcast. I'm actually running this as one thong. However, Redmond, he's actually claiming he's at self-isolation, which we probably all just realise is, you know, he's just like a prisoner in his own home, you know, a bit of home detention. But anyway, I am actually joined today, however, by Boris Viskovich, who some of you may know as the editor of Street Machine's Hot Rod magazine. How are you, Boris? Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks. I'm, I'm really good. Um, I was wondering, though, what is the sound of one thong clapping? I think yeah. it's more of a hop, you know? It's probably a 253 with a couple of plug leads off, actually. It'd be more of a hop. That's it. Yeah, no, we're all in uh, isolation here. I've got, uh, well, I'm not alone like uh, Redmond is. I've got four kids to keep occupied, so hopefully there won't be too much screaming in the background while they're um, just entertaining themselves. You know, it's funny. That'd almost be like torture, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you almost rather go out and risk the virus than having four kids keeping you busy? <laughs> uh, no, they're not too bad. I'm used to it. I spend a fair bit of time with them. So, yeah, yeah fair good. enough, fair enough. Hey, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this before. Now, I've, like, known you probably for over 10 years, as in, like, I've worked with you for over 10 years, and we've spoken on the phone a few times and this and that and, you know, a bit of banter here and there, but I've never actually met you in person, and it's kind of weird, isn't it, that that's the way things can go these days? Don't you find that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, with the way the digital technology is, and yeah, you—I mean, I do as you, I'm sure you do as well. Plenty of stories where you've never seen the car and never met the person. It's all done via electronic yeah. media. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit bit sad that you haven't managed to make it to Summonats. I mean, I've been going to Summonats since Summonats 18, and in all that time, you know, you've not made an appearance, which is you know a, yep. bit of a tragedy. Really. It is a tragedy. Did you hear that telfo? Did you hear that? It's not just from me. So, anyway, I'm trying to guarantee myself a spot for summer. That's 34. We'll see how we go. Well, I had the the misfortune um, of meeting Redmond at Summonats for the first time this year. So, yeah, he's an interesting cat, that's for sure. Is it true that you wouldn't arm wrestle him? No, I wouldn't. I, I said, look, mate, I, I type for a living and, and you swing heavy spanners, so I didn't want to embarrass myself. Ah, um, yeah, fair yeah, enough. So, look, I, yeah. I wouldn't arm wrestle anyone. When I was in grade seven, I got beaten by a girl doing an arm wrestle. And <laughs> since then, no, nah, I never heard the end of it. And actually mentioning that, I'll probably never hear the end of it again. We've got you on for a bit of a special, uh, I guess, a special episode. We're going to do a, a Bible studies, like an uh, Old Testament Bible studies, on the February March '84 edition of Street Machine magazine, which I know that you said was the first Street Machine magazine you ever bought. However, I just wanted to set the scene a little bit, sort of thinking back to 1984, and just sort of mention a few things that were current, kind of for 1984. So, are you ready to get your memory banks charged to go? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, the dollar coin, that was actually issued for the first time on the 14th of May, 1984. I actually remember that happening, which is kind of scary, because it's a fucking long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Music-wise, these are some of the songs I chose from the top 20 that you may remember. 99 Luftballons from Nina. Cracking song. Nina was great. She was hot. <laughs> Heaven by the Eurogliders. Love is a Battlefield yeah. by Pat Benatar. Islands in the Jeez, Stream. Three. Oh, they're all just great. All good-looking women, too. Big time. Well, actually, we, I guess it's now the late Kenny Rogers with his passing recently, which is pretty sad, yes. and, of course, Very, Dolly, yeah. uh, Dolly Parton. We've got Ghostbusters, and one of yeah. my all-time favourite is Just Not Cricket by The Twelfth Man, which is always funny. Yeah. And um, Whatever happened to the spoken word, that was uh, <laughs> that, and, uh, of course, Ostentatious with Australiana. We used yep. to walk around 
quoting that, yep. Exactly. And also Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Now, I know you're a Springsteen fan. So, have you actually got anything you want to tell me about Bruce Springsteen? Like, is there anything that you need to get off your chest about him or or your love for Bruce Springsteen music? Well, you know, everyone kind of uh, thinks Bruce Springsteen started with uh, Born in the USA and Dancing in the Dark and it's all that kind of, you know, mainstream you know, pop and rock and roll or whatever, but I was 16 going on 17 when Born in the USA came out, and like everyone, I bought it, I listened to it endlessly, And uh, but then I also went through his back catalogue, and, you know, I, I, I own all of his albums prior to that, and he's just an amazing songwriter, Just uh, and, and he sings about cars as well, of course, you've got, you know, Thunder Road and Born to Run, and my actual favourite Springsteen song, which everyone should listen to, is called Racing in the Street. Ah, uh, okay. I got a 69 Chevy with a 396 Fuely heads and a hearse on the floor She's waiting tonight down in the parking lot Outside the 7-Eleven store Yeah, Springsteen's a a bit uh, misunderstood. I've had a friend of mine claim it's a white picket fence, uh, middle America, but... uh, he really is a you know the, the working class man that came from nothing and uh, and did really well and actually struggled with it. If you if you read his autobiography, he he struggled with a lot of uh, depression and mental health issues. His father was an alcoholic, and that's why he's such a good songwriter. You know, I, I could never be a songwriter because I've had a very stable upbringing and normal life, and I've got nothing to sing about. You know, whereas people that have struggled through life, they write all these great songs. So that's why we need that. Need a bit of darkness. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I, I must say, look, I was never kind of the the red cap and the jeans type of Springsteen fan, as in like I, you know, I appreciate his music, and I, there's a few of his songs I really love, but I love his song called Trapped. It was sort of um, a song that I came. You always hear it; they always play it live when they put it on the radio. Yep. It's always like a live version, and that would probably be one of my um, yeah favorite Springsteen songs. And, you know, Philadelphia's got a good kind of tune. It's these sort of songs, you hear them start, and they're that iconic that you instantly just know sort of what the song is and and where it's come from. And as you say, as a lyricist, he's amazing. So he's done some great stuff. I I was just wrapped up. Of course, he did this massive world tour in 1985 when he was at the peak of his powers, and he never came to Perth. So I'm, I'm, I'm born and bred in Perth, lived here for most of my life except for about five years in Sydney. Yeah. And the benefit of um, uh, living in Sydney, we were there from 2001 to 2005, but Bruce Springsteen toured again with the entire E Street Band in oh, 2003. Wow. So, yeah. so I, I was devastated because I thought I'd never get to see Springsteen and the full E Street Band play live. And then they reformed and, and came back. So I saw him at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And then uh, a mate of mine came from Perth. We went and saw him together. And then we thought, that was great. wonder if there's any tickets left for Brisbane. So we actually flew to Brisbane went to the Brisbane Entertainment Centre and watched Springsteen, I think that was the Wednesday night, and then yeah. stayed up all night, spent the night in the Fortitude Valley in some dodgy bars. I think we ended up in a gay bar, which was pretty scary on for purpose? my homophobic oh, ta- taxi okay. yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, then went back to work the next day, so I basically did a full kind of 48-hour stint just so I could get another Springsteen concert in. And right. since then, I've been to... He's come to Perth uh, a couple of times, and I've been to three more of his concerts, so... Oh, and, and epic, like you know, his his band has a has a song list, that, you know, like 250 songs. So he could play, you know, any song at any time. It's just amazing. You never get the same concert twice. Oh, that's cool. Hey, um, it's funny too. Just with 1984, 
just moving on to some movies. When you actually start looking up this stuff, you realise, holy shit, it was a massive year for this sort of thing. How does this sound? Ghostbusters, Karate Kid. Do you watch um, Cobra Kai at all? Have you got onto that series at all? I I haven't, but I've seen it. It's basically the continuation of uh, Karate Kid, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, and it's it's really good. Like, especially being children of that generation or young people of that generation, you really enjoy the actual the whole the whole concept of it. So, it's definitely worth a watch. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. But yeah, also Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop, The Terminator, Police Academy, actually number one Police Academy, Romancing the Stone, Bachelor Party, which is a fucking great movie. I love Bachelor Party. Yes. <laughs> Guns and horses and fire trucks. Yeah, that's about the only thing I remember from Bachelor Party. <laughs> I just remember the arse coming through the, the sunroof of the Porsche. Anyway, oh, full moon. <laughs> and also Friday the 13th, the final chapter, but I don't actually think it was the final chapter. I think it was the first final chapter. Yeah, I was never a fan of horror movies. I just yeah, I just avoid them. So. Yeah, fair enough. Mate, did you have anything from 1984 that you remember vividly that you wanted to mention at all or talk about? Was there anything that kind of... Well, 1984 was a, was a big year for me. It was actually the year I, I was doing Year 12. So the year I got my licence, I also, of course, you know, the, the, my first issue of Street Machine is, is this February-March issue. Yeah. Um, excuse, my, my computer keeps making these noises because all these uh, Street Machine guys are messaging about something and I, I can't turn off the notifications. Um, That's but, okay. Uh, I've just been farting anyway, was, was so don't worry about noise. Yeah. The, the other thing was I, I, I'm fairly sure when I got this issue, my mum might have bought it for me because I was in a hospital at the time. Okay. So 1984, I was you know 16 going on 17. I was mowing the soccer ground with a Massey Ferguson tractor and my foot slipped off the clutch and I went backwards into a fence. So uh-huh. I ended up getting uh, quite badly hurt and ended up in hospital for a month. So I ended up reading quite a few car magazines um, and Glenn Torrens will be happy. I actually used to read V-Dub Trends magazine and Hot V-Dub and a few others. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm starting to wonder now whether this February-March issue, that was around the time when I was in hospital where the mum just brought it in for me and uh, and that's... uh, Changed that changed the course of my life. I think so. Yeah. Kicked it off for you. Well, you never know. I mean, so if you how when were you born? Sixty eight. Sixty seven. Sixty seven. Okay, right. So you're an XR, right? No worries. <laughs> I'm a um, seventy three model, so I'm a VJ Valiant. But yeah, it's funny. So grade yep. six, that nine eighty four was grade six. So that would have made me ten, turning eleven. Yeah. My kind of funny memory from <laughs> my dad's involved in this, which has always mean shit's going to go astray. <laughs> anyway, I was um, just, you know, 10 or 11 years old, and I used to go at the front of my house and practice doing monos on my BMX all the time. You know, like just, we lived in a cul-de-sac. It was a pretty quiet kind of street, but it was like quite a long cul-de-sac. Yeah. And this family uh, who lived across the road were renting a house, they had two sons who were kind of probably 16 and 17. The parents went away for some overseas trip, which went for like two or three weeks. And at the end of school, they had the world's hugest party. Like this party... It would have gone for two or three days, right? <laughs> anyway, and my dad being my dad is like, look, just let them have a fun time. They weren't kind of annoying us or hassling us. They were doing, you know, late music and all the rest of it. But he was could have just let them be kids, let them have a good time. And it was all pretty pretty well, you know, looked after. One afternoon, I was out the front on the street and I was on my BMX and I was practicing doing monos and stuff. And next minute, this fucking newspaper has missed me. It's missed my head by like half a metre. And what's happened is these teenagers, like 17, 18, on the balcony, they've actually they've actually hurled this newspaper at me, trying to like hit me and try and knock me off my bike. 
and it's missed me, and I've like looked up, and they were on like a two-story Queensland house, you know, Brisbane house, yeah. and they were like, oh, I nearly got him, you know, like carrying on and being pork chops. And I remember just thinking to myself, oh, geez, you know, that would have really hurt. It was like, you know, when they, in Brisbane, the Saturday's yeah, paper roll, used to be huge. Yep, the Saturday's paper were big, thick motherfuckers. <laughs> like, they were big, heavy papers. And it's gone, you know, just missing, going, woof. It almost did that, woof, 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 as it went past my head. So I've hopped off my bike, and I thought, you know, like, fuck you. And I've picked up the newspaper, and I've flung this newspaper back as hard as I can. The problem was, I can't throw for shit. My aim is terrible. <laughs> It ended up actually going through a bedroom window that was next to the <laughs> balcony. It was like a half balcony in the house. It actually smashed the window, right? Oh, These no. guys started yelling at me and carrying on, so I quickly got my bike and I raced inside. <laughs> and I'm like shitting myself. Anyway, my dad's got home from work <laughs> a couple of hours later, and he's inside and all the rest of it. And next thing, the sons, the two sons have actually come over, and they've said, oh, hey, listen, just let you know, your son threw a newspaper through the window of our house. And my dad's like, what? What are you talking about? So he's called me, and I haven't told my mum or dad anything about it. He's <laughs> some shit myself, because yep. I think I'm going to get in trouble. And I've come down, and he goes, what are you talking about? Did you throw a newspaper through the window? Like, And I said, yeah. I said, they threw it at me. I was out the front riding my bike, and they've pegged it at me and just missed me, so I've thrown it back. <laughs> my dad's turned to these kids and gone, is that true? And that, Because they, were, they wanted us to pay for it. They want us to pay for the replacement window, right? And they, yeah. my dad's friend said, is that true? And they've gone, oh, oh, one of our friends. And dad said, you know what? You two fuck off and shut the door on these two guys. <laughs> and he goes, there is no way I'm paying to have a window fixed because you guys started. He goes, work it out yourselves. And yeah. anyway, they ended up like just putting plastic and shit over. But when the parents came back, the parents came over trying to do the same thing with my dad. And he told me to go, oh, it's just, yeah, it's always so funny. You know, if I'd done something wrong, my dad was the first person to get up me. Like I was not getting out of trouble but if someone did yep. something to me first and I like was sort of looking after like trying to defend myself he was always had my back which is pretty cool yeah. and to this day it's the same so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing some of the stuff you're doing with your dad and that ute and stuff so you obviously got a pretty uh pretty good relationship with um with him and that's he started you on your car thing uh massively that's pretty clear isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. well I nearly lost him to cancer probably eight years ago and that kind of really that's when all the ute stuff was happening we built that ute together and yeah it was um very very close time so it kind of just i guess it's like what we're experiencing at the moment it really just take, makes you take stock in life and making yeah. sure that you do the right thing as much as you can and, and establish those relationships with people as you can so anyway yeah. mate moving on do you want to crack on to some street machine review Sounds good, mate. All right. Hey, this is, this is the only the yeah. second time I've got to roll out the Old Testament Bible Studies intro, so I hope you enjoy it. Okay, February, March 1984, we've got Neil Fletcher's 55 Delivery and Des Kelly's 56 Nomad. Did you have any comments on the cover for this uh, issue, Boris, please? Well, let's just say grass. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not too often these days. Let's just say you get a bollocking if you, you know, photograph the car on grass these days. But um, it's that's just a very lush lawn that they managed to find to park those two cars on. Um, so yeah, there's a that's that's the first thing I noticed. But just just a great cover. The you know the fifty. Everyone loves the fifty-seven Chevy, but I'm, I'm my favourite's personally the fifty-fives. I just love how clean and simple the design is. Yeah, and I love fifty-sixes because I love their their two-tone. The the brake on the Bel Airs, especially the yeah the way that two-tone paint. But yeah, it's a cracking cracking cover. I guess um, the like the gold treatment on street in street machine. That's pretty nice. You don't see that too often. It's not chrome. It's actually like a golden uh, ah. reflect thing there. That's pretty cool. Maybe it's a Dan Chuck version of the street street part of the badge. Oh, Remember yes. Dan Chuck used to do all the gold 57 Chevy stuff and all Absolutely, yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think you basically build an entire 57 Chevy without owning a 57 Chevy <laughs> if you've got enough money in a Dan Chuck yeah. <laughs> I just love the, the cruise in California thing, you know, like in the 80s 16 year old kid you're just dreaming that you could one day go to california and, and check out you know the cars and the crews in there you know just how amazing that that would have been yeah definitely it's um funny you know you mentioning the grass that's my first note i had here is the whole thing <laughs> oh, so weird seeing grass i wonder if they could bring that back these days if someone was maybe doing a lawn hack like a high speed kind of lawn hack they might <laughs> yes. do it it's like um I always love Brendan Cherry in that VL on one of the, must have been last year's Drag Week coverage. He comes back from doing like his best pass ever and just fully does this grass whip in the VL. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that on the video. It's so cool. Maybe laugh. No, it's excellent. But, you know, it's, it's funny when you look at these two cars. Like you've got a 55 delivery and a 56 Nomad. Back in 84, yep. these two body styles were already rare as. Like even in the yep. States, they were really rare body styles, let alone over here. But the yep. thing I love about these two cars is that Neil and Des, they still personalize them. You know, like you look at the 55, it's got yep. 454, it's got a Corvette diff in it. The roof's been chopped probably, what, four or five inches. Like it's a pretty significant oh, chop. I think I read in there's like two and three quarter inches, so it doesn't sound like much. But uh, Okay, it looks like a lot, yeah. But it looks pretty heavily slammed. Yeah, I think the story says that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I love about it is the louvers. Like, you know, especially the 56, the, all the yep. punched louvers in the bonnet and then, you know, the, the radiator support grill on the 55, you know, chromed and louvers. Big time. doesn't get much better than that. And, you know... Who, who does louvers these days? It's, it's a real kind of hot rod touch to a, you know, to a bit of a. Well, there's a, there's a, a, a few hot rod stylings, especially on the the, um, the delivery with the scallops and stuff like that, you know. So they've kind of got 80s, you know, wheel and tire choices, but a lot of 50s, 60s uh, styling still. That's right, that's right. And it's funny you took the words right out of my mouth with the louvers. I was going to say about that 56 having the louver bonded especially, and. Yep. You know, with a 427 big block Chevy in that as well, it's the whole thing where, you know, okay, it's stuff that could be changed. I mean, purist thing probably wasn't even an issue back then, but it's mm. still personalising with it and whilst retaining the flavour of how cool the Tri-5 series yeah. of Chevs are, I think is a, is a massive thing. You may remember 1984, the Street Machine Nationals, Queensland's Wayne Barber, he had that white Corvette, he yep. won the, some, uh, the Street Machine Nationals burnout competition. Do you remember that yep, car? Yep, yep. Yeah, and there was, I think the cover okay. photo had it was covered in uh, fire extinguisher uh, foam or dust or whatever the hell it was. Because Wayne actually owned that, that 55 delivery after Neil Fletcher, and he put a set of world drag lights on it and a few other things. That's actually the car that he took back to the 1986 Street Machine Nationals to defend his burnout title. And I remember 
Oh, obviously, I wasn't there because I was like 12. But I remember reading about it afterwards, and he actually snapped one of the drive shafts in the Corvette rear end, so he wasn't actually able to take out the title. And uh, Marty Brennan, in his madness, you did so. Yeah, yeah it's funny yeah. the legacies that some of these cars have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing, just to take a car that nice and, and and do a skid with it. One, one thing I noticed reading through the story on the on Neil's uh, delivery, they mentioned that the paint now paint is listed as. Cabernet, and they spelt it. Now, this is where I'm going to be a bit of a, a grammar Nazi. C A B I N A E. I think that's. <laughs> it was a time prior to. It didn't, didn't list who wrote the story. It might have actually been Jeff Paradise because there wasn't any credits. But um, I think they may be thinking Cabernet. You know, the wine. Yes. Cabernet. Yeah. Well, it would make sense with the colour too. I think, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 I think they're just. <laughs> Way less wine wankers back then than there are these days. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, good spotting. Mate, do you have a rig of the month for me from February, March 84? I do. There was there was really probably three cars that, that I had to choose between, but at the end I couldn't go past uh, Claude Caruso's HG Monaro. I mean, you know, just, just a typical South Oz, super clean, you know, understated car. And I think it even says that if you look on the... Uh, index page it says more and more monaros are starting to appear on the street scene in restored and semi-custom states this immaculate example from adelaide and then in brackets do they ever build junk down there <laughs> and, and that was the thing I, I remember being able to spot even before you looked at the number plate you know in the 80s you flick through street machine and you see just a really neat monaro or even a valiant coupe or or anything and just the the way they sat and the fact they they weren't too over the top you know you knew straight away it was a south odds car the gold paint detail on the carby and the and the block and you know the chrome just a i love the the tunnel ram with the carbies just poking out and the little round air cleaners you know not not six inch high air cleaners to get more shit out of the bonnet you know just just nice and really simple and clean and really nicely detailed underneath yeah, you know, the polished polished mags and you know, or the polished um, center lines and stuff. But I think it says are they a, I think it says they're an Enkai wheel or something like that. Yeah, I actually thought they were Krager SSTs originally until I read through the story. But you know, the whole thing of Adelaide wheels, I can remember the same. Like through the eighties and nineties, you see these really clean, crisp builds, normally debadged, that have auto drags or something on them, and they'd be yeah. just low, just really clean, neat, tidy cars, and yeah. definitely something That's they're right. famous for. To the fact, yeah. I guess, it's created its own genre, which is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. And one thing that I always notice as well with those really those cool number plates, like almost the handwritten, sign-written number plates on South Oz cars. Yeah. And I yep. used to think, oh, is that like a custom thing they get done? But I think that's actually, they were just released like that, were they? Pretty much sort your own out. Like when we lived in Adelaide when I was a kid, my mum had a shovel-nosed Corona with a two-speed auto Toyo Glide, and that <laughs> had calligraphy number plates. They were like done like calligraphy. Wow. Yeah. So I, they came on the car, but the thing was, on the number plate, it actually had the car dealer's name written on the number plate. So I think it was something that the car dealer was doing. But they were legitimate number plates that you could keep. So, yeah, which I always thought was kind of interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. There'll be some Adelaide people yelling at us over the you know, computer. Ah, they yell at us anyway. There's always something. We can't keep everyone happy. But Maybe Gus will fill us in on what the uh, details are on that. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide expert or Carly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What, what, what about you, mate? What's your pick? Well, if you flick to page 73, same deal. I had a couple of choices. I was stuck between, you know, a couple of cars for this issue. But I end up going with, uh, on page 73, Boredom Zero, the yes. red XA hardtop owned by Laurie Gatt. It was a toss-up between this and the story, which was Shake It Man, which is Greg Giarusso's XY, which had the tough 302 top loader, flare guards, and massive slots. I end up going for the XA because, for starters, I love XA coupes. 
you know, or hard yep. tops. It's got great rake. It's got deep dish slots. It's got chrome tramp rods. 351 Clevo, and how can you go wrong with a vertical gate shifter on a top loader? And the thing I really love too, yes. this whole area with the square shoulder Kelly Springfield tyres and Mickey Thompson yeah. new profiles, you just don't, it's so hard to replicate that look these days with modern tyres. So, yeah. I've got a story about a vertical gate shifter and an XAGT, funnily enough. Go for it. Let but, us know. So in, my, in my childhood, so I, I had a cousin that worked as an apprentice mechanic at a mob called Ranch Automotive, and they were, um, did all sorts of big Big, uh, machining and stuff for locomotive engines and that, but also you know had a bunch of young blokes there that were into their cars. Yeah. So one of them, Brian Andrea, Andreasevich, whose nickname is Moose, and he's built a few pretty killer engines over over the years. He had an XA GT four door right. and it had a tough Clevo and it had a Dominator carby on it, and he used to suck the bonnet down. And one day we're, <laughs> we're fanging it down Sarich Court in Aussie Park, and he hit second gear with this vertical gate shifter, and the D from the bonnet came off and smacked into the windscreen right in front of me and uh, yeah, just, <laughs> the thing just slammed the gear so hard. But it was a beautiful electric blue and you know, and, and black paint out to GT and just, just a, a killer car. But um, yeah, that's, you know, if we go back into my history with cars, that, that was kind of part of the bad influence that I had with uh, mechanics and uh, hot cars at, oh. a, at a young age. So that's where that stemmed from. But I, um, I yeah. love stories like that. And look, if I can just add a story in here, not trying to compare stories with you, by the way, this is just something that obviously Adam and I do all the time I'm, anyway. Where we just read, yeah, yeah. Little, <laughs> but we don't do that. Everyone just thinks we yeah. do. Things trigger memories, you know. When you talk about electric blue XAGTs, I mentioned once on, I think it may have actually been episode one of the podcast about a Landau that a guy who was mates with a, a bloke down the street had, and he had the whole tail light lit up on this Landau. One Halloween, I got him to do a burnout, that sort of thing. Anyway, the actual guy who lived in this particular house, like the son, he was probably about 18 or 19, he had an electric blue XAGT hardtop, and it was blue with a silver outs, like had the silver oh, yeah. along the sills and stuff. Normal deal massive deep dish slot wheels it had the spoiler on the front the chin spoiler plenty of rake chrome trant rods really tough like sounded tough this guy wasn't very mechanically minded like all his mates were into cars who were a bit more mechanically minded but this guy just never quite got the actual um the gist of mechanics but he he appreciated a tough car right and so he had this xagt hardtop probably about i was probably eight or nine at the time when he was getting around in this car and I used to just be that annoying kid coming up on his BMX every afternoon and be like ah what are you doing you know and I'd say what sort of gearbox is in it and he'd go one with the gears mate and I'd go oh is it a top loader or a single rail and they just look at me like I was some freak but years later I was actually an apprentice mechanic and I was about 19 and I worked at a suburban workshop and this guy who actually owned the car, who owned the XA, years later, he got into Valiance. Like, he just, as in, not a fan, he just used to buy cheap Valiance, bizarre, easy, reliable transport, and he used to bring these cars in for us to look after. And my boss and him were actually friends, and he saw me, and he goes, I know you. He goes, you were that annoying fucking kid who used to come <laughs> over and hassle us, telling us about the cars, and you wanted to go for drives, and get us to do burnouts and stuff. And he, he said, he goes, did you ever hear the story about this guy, as in me, when I put a XYGT wing on the back of my XA hardtop? And I'm thinking, I didn't remember what he was talking about. The boss is like, no, mate, no, it tells the story. And he goes, I'm out there on the driveway one Saturday morning, and I've put a XYGT bobtail onto the back of my XA hardtop, and all my mates were there and stuff. He goes, I've put it on, I've just finished bolting, I've stood back to have a look. He goes, this fucking bloke is a kid, rocks up in his BMX, he's looking at it, and he goes, 
You've put it on back to front. I don't know how I, I noticed it, but it just didn't look right the way it was sloping towards the back window. And he goes, yeah. so all my mates have given me shit because they didn't realise. And he goes, they gave me shit for weeks because this fucking nine-year-old kid in this BMX bike. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just love things. And I just sort of said to him, I said, man, you don't realise you guys had such a positive influence on me. I said, as much as you might think I was an annoying kid, and I used to maybe be an annoying kid for sure. I said, you took the time to talk to me. Like, you still would talk to me and you'd show me under the bonnet and all this sort of stuff, you know? And I really appreciate that because I didn't really have that from, you know, brothers or sisters or anything. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of cool. And yeah. that's the thing that's where a lot of, um, you know, people, especially older hot rodders and stuff, they're quite dismissive of a lot of, you know, younger crew. And, yeah. you know, it, it, especially if you rock up with a car that, um, you know, doesn't suit their, you know, the, the style or whatever, you rock up with a, like a Japanese car or whatever, they're not going to talk to you. Whereas you, you never know, you might convert someone, you might, you know, they might be genuinely interested that, and you've got to talk to these people regardless of how uninformed they might be. Look, I agree 100%. If someone's going to make the effort to talk to me or give me the thumbs up or do something with something to do with my car, I'll always, you know, engage them in conversation or give them a wave back. Like, you know, at the end yep. of the day, it's the passion is the thing that kind of binds us all together and you want to promote that as much as you can, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Moving on, did you have uh, some... We might go with tough shots, I think, first. Anything? I've got a shitload of tough shots, so, uh, you know, I better leave some for you, but I'll, I'll, I'll go through and just <laughs> There we go, because there, there, there were heaps in this magazine. and Big time. And, and starting off, um, you, I reckon you would have pegged this one as well, the, on the editorial. So, Paro in the in the Battleship Colossus, it's a CH or a CJ Chrysler by Chrysler sedan, and you wouldn't believe it, one drove past me this morning when I was walking a dog. It had, had raw 360 on the plates. It was a, a brown with a vinyl roof, you know, Chrysler sedan, just Chrysler by Chrysler sedan. It was so cool. I haven't seen one for years, and one drives past this morning. But, you know, it's a, it's a shot of the... The big vowel on a dirt road trying to get sideways, but you know, understeering its its, it's balls off. And um, you know, I don't know if it's actually Paro in there or just some press press photo. But uh, but then you you, know, you read through the um, editorial and you used to get away with a lot more shit back then. You know, talking about Volvo drivers, they're either doing their makeup or dreaming of the good old days in Hanoi. Yeah. <laughs> so he's bought, he's bought this, you know, battleship to just survive uh, Sydney traffic and people driving into him all the time. Just uh, absolute gold. Oh, mate, you got it in one as far as, yeah, that was one of my choices, especially too. You just look at those tyres, the thing is just hanging on as well. Like, it's obviously <laughs> being pushed hard. You can just yeah. picture that thing going into massive understeer, then flicking yeah. uncontrollably into oversteer. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it does. It brings back other memories for me, um, like talking about, you know, you talk about your dad and you, you talk about you're a VJ uh, Valiant model. My dad actually had a VJ Valiant and ah. uh, it was a taxi. It was a VJ Ranger with a full uh, brown vinyl interior, hose-out interior, and he had it as a taxi for a few years. Then we moved to Kalgoorlie. And yeah. we used to go fossicking for gold, you know, Kalgoorlie's in the gold fields. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, we just used to get it sideways on these gravel roads and mum would be belting, you know, dad, and we'd, just, we'd be egging him on. It you had know, a 265 and a flight in it. And we just thought it was the best thing. But uh, And that's another place that had some amazing cars out in Kalgoorlie. That's, that's some fond memories as well. But yeah. um, my next tough shot, page nine, that brown super in the middle of page nine. Oh, yeah, yep. I remember when these cars came out and just thinking how, how horn they look, you know, with the flares and the spoiler and everything. And, and they're kind of shit-canning at the story, saying it was like 25000 bucks and it was underpowered and all this kind of stuff. But um, 
you know, where are they now? You just don't see them done up. You know, the Supers have this mad following, but none of these early ones ever seem to get done up. That's right. I mean, I remember when I first saw one for real. It was a red one. I remember thinking, because, of course, they shared the same rear-end treatment as a Celica. And I yes. was like, oh, what the fuck's this thing? And then seeing the flares, they had those alloy wheels on them, and then you realise that the front's longer to compensate yep. for the six-cylinder engine. Now, they are a very tough car. And I agree. Like, I'd love to see if I saw one of these driving down the road. Because I love Starion so much, they're yep. very much that era and can really appreciate yep. them for sure. My dad mentioned in past that he'd actually consider buying a Starion. You know, oh, that'd be so cool. Of course, you know, with three kids, you wouldn't be, you know, doing much in it. But, um, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. 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 Oh, my, my son just mooned me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you know I'm going to leave that in, don't you? <laughs> I thought it, thought it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So the next one, I, I, I reckon we've probably picked all the same tough shots. So just to, we might as well go again. Um, page, page 17 it is, the VHT ad. How good is that engine, mate? Oh, mate. Definitely. I actually posted this on our Instagram recently. Cause I thought it looked familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm in love. Every, that's the perfect, even today, building a car today, that's the perfect engine bay for me. Oh, yeah, the, the, the chrome, you know, bonnet latch, just all the chrome brake, uh, master cylinder cover and, and booster and the white headers, you know. Yep. And, yep. You know the, the other thing, I've got a bit of a pet peeve where people don't paint their heads. They've got alloy heads, so they don't paint them. Yeah. And it just bugs me. And, you know, <laughs> I think it's from years of building model cars and you, you put the heads in the block together and then you painted that. Yeah. And you put, you know, your chrome or your alloy rocker covers on. And that to me is how... How it should look, so I don't, I don't get the you know, unpainted heads. But anyway, yeah. no, no, and you know it's funny. Look, you know more than anyone that I'm a fan of the whole BYE blue eyes scenario. Yeah. But I also like doing the old put a thumb over the photo. Now in that engine bay, if you blank out the booster and master cylinder, so imagine if the engine bay was clean, yeah. I don't think it'd look as good. I think you need yeah. the booster just to make it so period perfect. I think you need yeah. all the booster and the clutch master cylinder and everything in there and yeah. the wiper motor to make it look spot on. So, no, that was one of mine. I think we're just going to be doing a one-for-one one on this. <laughs> yeah. Which which car is it, though? It's a, it's a right-hand drive car because of the way yep. the wiper goes and the, and the booster, but what is it? It's an HG Monaro. It was actually it was on the cover with um, Norm Longfield's Gold Corvette. Oh. In the eight, yep. in eighty two, I'll yep, actually yep. dig up that magazine and scan the cover and post it up on our Instagram at the Thong Slappers. Yep. So as part of this, so yeah, we'll do that as well. What else mm. you got for tough shots, mate? Page thirty two. Let's flick to that. Is it thirty two or thirty three? Sorry, thirty three. The Yellow Terror ad. Yeah. Which which is congratulating Brocky. So it says Beauty Brocky <laughs> across the top, and I went, "Geez, that looks familiar." And then I looked at the artist signature, and it's got Wegg. And that was actually the guy, I think it was Warren Edgar, someone, I forgot to write it down. He did all the AFL premiership posters. Of course, you being a oh. Queensland, you know what AFL is. But remember those kind of, you know, the muscly magpie or whatever? So it was yeah, the same yep. guy that, that drew those um, posters for the for the premiership winning teams. But, it, you know, it's just basically uh, Yellow Terror con- congratulating Brocky on his um, on his uh, win uh, back then. So, yeah. Very cool. cool. Cool little uh, poster. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Did you have any other tough shots there, Boris? Heaps, mate. Heaps. Heaps. Where am I? <laughs> okay. Eight forty-four. I just love the so that galaxy. There's a sixty-four galaxy hardtop, and just that detail shot on the um, page forty-four, the top right, just the the Bridgestone steel belt to sixty. The oh yes. Spotters, the galaxy badge, just a great little um, little detail shot, you know. So yep. And what else we got? Even page forty-nine. This is a bit off topic, but man, that Lambo. The, on the Alpine ad on page 49, just yeah, every, everyone had one of those up on their bedroom wall, even if you weren't really into European exotics, the Lamborghini <laughs> Contact, you know, just uh, 
Countach, however, Countach, Count, uh, I never knew how to pronounce that, but anyway. Count Gash. Uh, it's definitely yeah. one of those cars that, when I think Lamborghini, that's the sort of car I think of straight away. And was it the um, I Can't Drive, oh no, the I Can't Drive 55 yes. poster was the yellow hot rod, but there was the one, and it had the, um, actually no, the they did have the chick with the leather suit on, similar to what yeah, Catherine Bach was wearing yeah. in uh, those movies, what are they called? Cannibal, Cannibal Run. Run. Yeah, yes. yeah. Very cool. With the doors um, flipped up, looks awesome. Um, page 73, that bottom zero, just the opener, that shot, like you said, of Laurie Gatt's uh, XA Coupe, just oh, yes. everything's just perfection in that, just the driving down the road, the way the spoiler's just kind of hugging the road. It actually looks like he's going into a bit of a left-hander. The car's kind of cranked over a little bit. So, yeah, definitely. Um, probably going Agreed. a lot faster than it looks, but just a, just everything's perfect in that in that shot. Yep. And then you've got to go to page 95 and 96. It's just something you don't you don't see these days anymore. If you look on the on the left hand side, yeah, you've got the ad for for Parenti, and there's the top chick, <laughs> yes. the one chick with boobs out, and then full oh. page ad on the other side is for Marlboro. You can see you got boobs and the Marlboro man. Yep. Just yeah, just fantastic. You just you just won't see that these days, you know. So that was a nice uh, man. nice flat plate. My mum was really hot when she was young. That's for sure. Yes, yes, it is. This is. <laughs> it is funny. I had this as a special mention as well. That Parenti ad with a chick with no top, and it's not my mum. So don't worry, I'm not a total sicko. <laughs> but the thing was, like when you were that age in the '80s, if you wanted to see boobs, you had to luck upon a magazine somewhere, or <laughs> you know, someone's dad had like magazines stashed away. Now, a freaking ten-year-old can get it on an iPhone. Google big titties and yeah. it's just titties for days. Like there's no, we had to really work hard for this shit, you know. And that's yeah, why you'd have these magazines and you'd be like, oh, I know that on on page ninety six of the eighty four issue, there's a chick with boobs. You know, it was just, this was heaven to us as kids. Well, I do, I do have a few copies of uh, American Rotter magazine because I read that for the articles and not the girls in the bikinis. And also, of course, um, the Fantastic Street and Strip magazine. Yes, another, that's right. Uh, another magazine I bought just for the cars, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it actually did. It used to have some genuinely good cars. In it, but yeah, it was just um, the odd naked chick as well. You're going to love this next uh, tough shot page, um, page 99, that Freedom Auto Accessories ad. Oh, yeah, the HQ with the body kit? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I reckon, some, why doesn't someone get one of those body kits and do like a modern Pro Tourer with that get oh, up? Yeah, definitely. On a Monaro, on be. a two door. <laughs> That would be even better too, like a full two-door. Yeah. 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 I, this was, again, was one of my special mentions, as you can probably imagine, um, yeah. for that exact yeah. reason. I love all that sort of stuff. And, you know, this so, like you just look at the guards. I like, see the guards coming out of the tilt front too. There's enough yeah. stock standard bodied HQs to HZs around that we can get away with doing something like this, I think. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Down to the last couple now. So page 107, I, I, I forwarded you those couple of photos. Oh, the yeah, the 57. Forum. Yeah. Rob Fox's 57 just popping this massive wheelie and it was what like a a 10 a low 10 second car you know with a screaming small block you can just imagine it but it just took me straight back to you know my teenage years and early 20s down at Ravenswood Raceway and there was a guy Graham Aldridge pro performance had this four door 57 Chevy it was basically a street car that just morphed into this yep. wheel standing four speed like 6000 rpm launch you know wheels up bangs you know wheels up second gear but he used to race quite often in the final with Graham Kennedy, who yeah. had a GT Falcon, a genuine GT Falcon. Same deal, you know, like manual, 
um, you know, blew up a bunch of diffs before he figured out how to, you know, sidestep the clutch at 9,000 RPM. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, like just, and he went on to, you know, lots of drag racing success and then actually ended up marrying a girl that I uh, used to knock around with back back in the day. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah, so um, it was just so cool to see that. And I actually wondered if it was the same car. So I did a bit of Google. But, uh, yeah, the, that Rob Cox's 57 actually went to America and he took it over there and actually crashed it. Oh, okay. Written off, apparently, yeah. Yeah, right. The last one, page 112, just that it's an ad, actually, for the subscription, so the Street Machine subscription, and just a left-hand drive Corvette, like a 63 Corvette with (laughs) a blower and and carbies hanging out the bonnet, big... um, yeah, like a Hillborn scoot or, or a, not a Hillborn, but like Mr. Mr. Gasket, not one of those. Yeah, things. like a street scoot, yep. Yeah, mm. but the, like the cow-mounted gauges. Now, that, you know, I don't recall seeing those on cars in Australia for, you know, much later than than that. When, when was the craze for cow-mounted gauges? 90s. 90s yeah. for sure in Australia, yeah. definitely, yeah. But yeah. even the pinstriping on the Corvette, you know, it's got like this little pin line around the... The body line and stuff, just uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, very- I, I love the name on the door too. That's such an old school touch, having the driver's yeah. name like your name. And, you know, I've got that in old days with the Simo on the window. Yes. And it's just to try and keep that period correctness going. So, yeah, absolutely, anyway. yeah. No, very cool. What about you? Are there any, did I pick all of yours? Or is that, Mate, you know, you've pretty much smashed all my tough shots. Page 75, if you go back to this feature on Laurie Gats XA, right, yep. the thing I love about that photo is actually the photo from the back quarter or rear quarter view. You can see the rake obviously being stanced, side scoops. Look, a lot of this stuff is factory XA GT stuff, okay? Yep. We know that. But the way it's all put together with a wheel and tire combination I love those rectangular exhaust tips, chrome tramp rods. It's got the wing added to the back. The thing just looks so mm-hmm. friggin' tough. Like, definitely, yeah. It's just yeah. How, how good, like, that rear wheel, though. See the reflections around yeah. the edge of the rim? That's or it. Around the edge of the wheel? Just, yeah. You can just see how deep dish it is. Yeah, no, perfect. Okay, moving on, Boris. You got any special mentions for the February, March 84 issue? I do, mate. Yeah, I got to mention it was a you know this was a, a close call for rig of the month. So my special mentions are basically my runners up and you know bronze medalist for for rig of the month, really. <laughs> uh, yeah. Page 18. So Ian Webb's 55 Chevy sedan. You know, just iconic. Right? Yeah, just a great opening shot, like cruising over the crest of a hill. And we still, you know, when we feature cars now, that's kind of the shots. That, that we like. Nice clear background, you know, the car a little bit elevated. So you just get a really good, you know, shot of the car. But just the rake on it's mint. I love I just love how the scoop's just poking out. Yep. You know, the little details like, you know, the the hole in the bonnet is just shaped perfectly for the scoop. Yes. With a nice raised um, it's edge. It's got a little too, edge around good. it. Yep. yep. Big time. Yeah, louvers on the bonnet. I love the French antenna. I've actually got a French antenna on my car. Oh sweet. Uh, and um, but just the, the the silver and black color combo, you know, it's a, it's a it's a four door sedan, so it's probably an Aussie delivered one. Yeah. But just you know, simple and clean, and, and I think this is part of the reason I, I love fifty five Chevs. Just they're such a great design. But one thing I noticed, I'm reading through the story, it says the um, the roll cage, it's a two inch bar with a twelve mil wall. Shit. That's a, that sounds like steam pipe or something, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, what, big time. <laughs> I don't know whether whether the journo maybe it's one point two mil. I don't know. It sounds too thin. <laughs> I, I thought twelve mil wall. Jeez, it must yeah weigh a bit. But I you'd, guess you you know, you'd think same. it'd be lower in the ass if it had a twelve mil thick yeah. roll gauge. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, true. But the other thing to note is like it's got a tunnel ram, but it's got the single barrel single yep. carby conversion. You know. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. Just while you're talking this fifty five, I had a couple of special mention bits. I'll just throw in here while we're on the pages. Yep. I love. 
pretty much what you've been saying. The scoop with a raised edge around it. Uh, I love the French era, how it's got the spiderweb, that thing. That's very cool. Yeah. And the fact it's got 55 Chevy on page 20 in engraved in the rear view mirror. And like you, the whole four-door thing of Australian delivered four-doors, you look at that that black, 50, uh, black 57 you mentioned from Perth, the black yep. 57 at the back of this magazine, you've got the original black bess of um, Victor Bray. Yep. And then, like, Ned Karanovich's blue 57 sedan, which is one of my favourite cars of all time down in Adelaide. They're yep. all Australian-delivered four-doors. I, I, that's sort of what... It's those cars that kind of give me that uh, attachment yep. to that sort of body shape as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sweet. What's next, yeah. mate? On page 50, Howard Neeson's XB Fairmont Coupe. Yes, you know, yep. it's another. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. You, you've got... Laurie Gatt's XA, a red XA. I mean, we'd never featured two Falcon Coupes in the same magazine this day, but maybe it was just, you know, it's always hard to find good Fords, I guess, but they, they run this one. But <laughs> you got to love it, you know, the fact that he's got a tube grill in it. Like, you know, talk about wrecking a classic, you know. just um, But how cool <laughs> is it? He gets it for his 21st birthday off his old man, so it's a, a well-loved car. It was, you know, so what are we talking? He, he got it sometime in the 1980s. It's like five or seven years old, this car. And he's already stripped it back for paint and stuff. <laughs> At least it probably wasn't rusting the bits like most of them are uh, these days. That's but yeah, right. Just, um, the, the fact that he's um, customised it a bit. And it's not. It's probably just a, a bit of tube stuck in front of the original grill. I don't think he's really butchered anything up on it. But, yeah, pretty cool. It's funny you say that, actually. Now, I don't think this will be a spoiler alert at all. I've actually just finished a story on this car. He still owns that car today. Oh, wow. It's the XB. It's actually, it'll be the fourth time it's been featured in Street Machine. He owned it, oh, yes, wow. had it since 79. And I, I've actually got this as a special mention, funnily enough, that grill. Yeah. The car still has that grill, or it has a, he did a new version of it because he actually crashed yeah. the car in the early 90s. But, oh, okay. And I said to Howard when I was chatting to him doing the story, I said, Andrew Broadley at Street Machine, I said, he sent me the photos before I got the story. So I didn't know who, it was your car. Like, if I saw the name, I'd recognise it. Put up one yeah. photo of the car. It's now Midnight Blue. I put up one photo okay. of the car. I said, as soon as I saw that grill, I was like, Howard Nesson, XB family. Keys yeah. to the car, but I said if you just had a normal GT or GS driving light sports grill in it, it just wouldn't have stood the test of time. I said I'm really pleased yeah. to see, and I said, do people give you much shit for having that grill in the car, like the purest factor? And he goes, oh, some people do. He goes, but I don't care because it's my car. So well, that's definitely good. Yeah. And he said, but the funniest part is people like you who come up and say, did this used to be red? I remember this car, you know, and it's it's given it yeah. that iconic identity for 40 yeah. years basically. And so, yeah. Remember I mentioned Enkai wheels earlier? This, this yeah. is the one that has the Enkai's. You look at them, they look just like you know, auto drags, but mm. yeah, they're an Enkai. I mean, I've never never seen them or heard of them before this, you know, so or after this, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What else What else you got there, mate, for special mentions? Um, oh, that, that's it. But I did, oh, that one you mentioned, the um, the XY with the, the, the big fat flares and stuff, of course, you know, we're all, we all love um, Craig Parker's, uh, you know, tough XY, so it was pretty cool. Definitely. You know, to see... Another one. Yeah, what, what page was that one on? I have to flip to it. To um, hang on, I'll just, yeah. So yeah. page thirty, but just a black and white feature. Actually, that was the other thing. Like with Howard Nesson's car, just a two-page feature, a color feature, but only just a double-page spread. Geez, so, we'd love that. It'd be easy for us to write, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, mate. I think you tend to probably bang on a bit like me. You can't, um, can't you can't uh, keep it to just a uh, you know six hundred words. No, there's always a lot to tell. Look, yeah. my special mentions, you pretty much covered off most of them, actually. The only extra things I was going to add was on the inside cover that introducing Camel Miles the cigarette yeah. ad with old mate in his Jeep with no screen down, puffing away yeah. in a dub. 
you know, he's looking a bit weathered, a bit rugged. That's um, yeah, I guess goes along with what you were saying. And also, you look at the back cover. No, 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 not my dad. It's my Jeep, though. No, I'm joking. No, and it goes to that whole thing. Anyhow, have a Winfield twenty fives on the back. You know, the red cover, five smokes ahead of the rest. You know, you think, well, fuck, five smokes might have been good, but now you have all the old slappers with their Horizon fifties giving them the what's for. But yeah, so I had that. I also had the ad for the VHT, which you've done. Uh, I'm, there's going to be a lot of great minds think alike here, mate, to be honest. There's yeah. the Web 55 I've spoken about, Custom Grill and Howard Nesson's Coop. Oh, actually, one thing that you didn't cover off on, which I'm glad I can bring to everyone's attention, yeah. page 69. It's a bit of a... Of course, page well, 69. Always, it is. You know, always taking it. <laughs> I was going to do a 69 dude on this, but I can't really think of an old school 69 dude intro to do, but it's talking yeah. about rebuilding the 454 for Paro's 57 Chef yeah. project, right? Yeah. I think yes. I want to talk about this. For starters, I love 454s. It's my favourite engine cubic number yes. of all time. But the way it's called Dissecting the Rat, and I always remember that cartoon on 16... Well, not the cartoon, the photo with the the, yes. the, the fake rat with the engine being <laughs> gutted out of it. But I find that people calling a big block chef the rat, I still personally say, oh, it's a rat pad or this or that. Yes. And people don't understand that terminology anymore. I don't know if you find yes. that yourself. Like you say, oh, it's got a rat motor in it. And they go... Yeah. It's not a rat rod. I'm like, no, 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 not rat yeah. rod. It's got a rat. Like it was always yeah. a nickname for big box Chevy. And growing up with that terminology, it's something yeah, that's sort of you, stuck you know in my why mind. Why they called it the rat motor? Because it's bigger than a small block, which was the mouse. Yes, exactly. So we need to educate the uh, the, the youth of today. Of course, now you can get a small block, a mouse motor that's bigger than that anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty bright. Yeah, no, that's definitely a cool thing. Yep. Look, yeah. I also had the parenti added with a chick. The, the cross by Chrysler, of course. Claude Caruso's HD, which you've already spoken about. I love that combination of the gold, white, and chrome in the engine bay. But lastly, for me, for special mentions, if you go to page 87, yeah. and this is something, again, which is so always in my, I don't know, my memory banks, is yeah. uh, Ralphus art, designs by yes. Ralphus, the six street machine nationals with his cars. And again, his artwork is so iconic. You can't mistake yeah. it for anything else, which I think is yeah. very cool. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but he also, that, that you can tell just looking at it, that's a fairly early version of it. His, uh, his talents uh, grew and grew from there, that's for sure. They're, Most you know, definitely. Most pretty, definitely. I wonder how old he was when he did, did that. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, he'd be maybe what... He'd have to be in his 60s by now, I'd say. But yeah, I actually bought the, my uh, wheels for Disturby, the 1510s, off him. Yeah, oh, so wow. he's still kicking yeah. around and into cars, which is great to yeah. see. I think, yeah, my Tough Shots is sorted. Special mentions. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is one of my favourite things. Our Fairlane correspondent, Philip Brown, he's going to love the story, putting on the Ritz, which is the Fairlane yes. history piece. Yeah. But another thing that is actually probably my favourite thing about this entire issue, have you got a reader's car for me? Or page 102, page 103. I didn't because you neglected to mention that, but I should have realised from listening to your podcast. Well, which Come one on, would mate, you, get with would, the program. You're you doing so well. <laughs> Look, I went for page 103, which is the FE holding up the top, spoiled yeah. FE. Now, I'll, I'll scan a photo of this and put it on their Instagram because yeah. people are going to go, how does that even work? The thing yeah. I always remember clearly about this car, he put a shortened XE front bumper on it. Front bumper oh, yes. air dam. See that? And yeah. I love that. It's got the massive fat slots on it. It's got a sunroof. It just looks like a really cool thing with a 192 and a four-speed. Yeah. Like, it just looks like a really... I, I just thought it was a really cool car. And I also like the cool coupe HQ Monaro with 12 yeah. slots on it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're kind of two-tone, funky two-tone paint. You know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, people just didn't give a shit back then. They just did whatever they wanted to do. And um, it, it's interesting, though, with that FE trying to get a 50s brick, you know, to be more modern and aerodynamic by 
putting on an XE Falcon bumper, but um, yeah. <laughs> in saying that, though, I've seen an LH Tirana with an XE or XD Falcon front bumper, and it actually didn't look too bad either. Like if yeah. you've got the yeah, iPhone, the shapes are a bit squarey. Yep. Shape, so that would that would kind of work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, yep. too, you see that HQ with the whole thing with um, Chrome 12 slots. You know, the, yep. I, I don't ever remember there being a mentality back in the day of you don't put Ford wheels on a Holden, as in like 12 slots. Like Chrome 12 slots were the yeah. everyman's wheel. You buy them at Kmart. Yeah, yeah, there was, and you know, they never came from the Ford factory Chrome to start with. But it's just that yeah. funny these days. If I put a photo of that up on, you know, uh, Facebook or some sort of social media, yeah. you'd get people chipping that for having Ford rims on it. I think, well, hang on, okay, Fords did have them on their vehicles in the steel, like uh, painted steel, but never in yeah. Chrome, and it's just a different time altogether. So yeah, it was just just a thing that you didn't know. Were just you know, especially when they were wide, they were a pretty good looking rim. They look great with the caps on and. You know, yeah, obviously, you know, similar era, don't have an issue with it. I remember seeing the wheels on many Fords and Holdens and Valiants. It was just, yep. yeah, and what you, you put on. Yeah. Deep dish 12 slots look so cool, like so tough, like Mr. Damage and cars like that with massive, yeah. where you need a slide hammer to take the hubcap off. You can't go wrong. <laughs> 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 that was the trick, was it? Yeah, you couldn't get your hands in behind it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. uh, Cool. Cool. Well, Boris, that pretty much covers us off for February, March 1984. I will happily say that my issue still has the Australian Muscle Cars XYGT poster on the inside of the back cover. It's still intact. So, so mine. <laughs> well done. So, look, we'd like to thank you for joining us and doing this Thong Slappers podcast with us, and especially being a uh, Old Testament Bible studies. It's good to chat the old stuff, and we hope people out there have been able to get an issue to have a peruse themselves. Of course, I'll scan and put these photos that we've talked about. I'll put them up on our Instagram page at the Thong Slappers. So, if you don't have it, you can read along and have a bit of a gander anyway. So, what's next for you, mate? You got anything happening with Hot Rod? Hopefully, coming up in the near future. How are things well, going with that? No, in the current. Um, you know, climate and uh, being all on lockdown. Um, you know, we've we've basically been put on hold for a bit. Yes. Um, so yep. you know, I'm I'm basically just uh, gonna you know potter around and maybe get a few things done that I keep putting off because I've got other more important things to do. Uh, I've got some uh, chassis connectors for my car, some OEM nice. chassis connectors that I've been meaning to clean up and maybe fit to the car one day. And um, yeah, just a few little things to do around the house, but. Um, you know, my, my wife runs her own business, so she's still trying to keep that going. And, yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, entertain the kids and try and keep them uh, um, happy over the you know, the next few weeks at least. But um, in terms of magazines, yeah, it's all a bit up in the air. We just um, hopefully keep everything ticking over so that, you know, when all this crap dies down, we um, we got a, a, a job to go back to and, you know, got plenty, we'll have plenty to write about, that's for sure. Most but, definitely. Uh, Hit the ground yeah. running. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of your car too, it's something I did want to yeah. mention actually. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. It was, of course, your Rambler, which you've owned. It was your, was it your parents' car? Did they it, give it to you? It was my grandfather's car, so my mum's right. father's car. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he, so as it, as it uh, and I only found this out recently, he, he's owned it since new, but my, my uncle, who, who is a doctor, a general practitioner, he bought 1966 Rambler American, so very similar to mine, just a year before, slightly yeah. different car lights. They look, you know, pretty pretty similar. And he liked it so much that he then bought, you know, his father, my grandfather, a 67 model. So they were two matching uh, cars, you know, and both dark green, both with like a cream interior. And so I, you know, grew up with that car. We lived, you know, next door or behind. So our houses backed onto each other. So we had a gate that went through our back fence to our grandparents. You know, my, I'm, you know, Yugoslav, Croatian background. So they were Bubba and Ditta, right? So it was my Ditta's car. Right, and So right. we, you know, we used to get driven to school in it. And I distinctly remember 
um, you know, like if it was pissing down rain or something, they might give us a lift to school. It wasn't far. And my, my you know, dinner would be driving and my bubba would be in the passenger seat and she'd be kind of riding shotgun and, and telling him when it was clear to, to pull out. So he was probably in his late or early 70s going into, you know, his 80s. So he, he had a stroke when he was about 83 years old. So that was 1986 and that's when, so he stopped driving the car. My actual first car was a, a TC Cortina with a with a two liter and a four speed. Nice. And then I kind of had a bit of a disagreement with some roadworks one evening on a on a on a drizzly night. And then he said, "Oh look, I'm not driving the." Sorry, no, it was before he had the stroke. He he turned 80 and they wouldn't give him his license back. Oh, okay. So the car just sat there. And um, so he said, um, oh, look, you know, if you need a car, you can drive my car. So I borrowed his car in 1986, basically <laughs> never, never gave it back. But of course, I, I, did, I did transfer ownership eventually, but I had to, um, you know, it was given to me for nothing, but I still had to make a, you know, pay some um, stamp duty on it. So, yeah, I've, I've had it since 1986. I drove it all through university just as a stock, you know, six-cylinder, had a 232 cubic inch six with a two-barrel carby, and, you know, they were... Yeah, you know, for '67 it was a pretty well-appointed car. If you compare it to a HR Holden or a you know X XP or XR Falcon, you know it had a bigger engine and yeah, sure. a nice heater and all that stuff, you know. And um, yeah, you know, I just drove it fairly stock until I finished uni and then got a job and started making some money and then yeah, rebuilt it in about 1994, 95. Spent a couple of years fixing it up and then it's my grandpa's old axe. You know, it's had three engines, two transmissions, a couple of diffs. <laughs> a couple of paint jobs, but it, you know, it, it hasn't changed much. It's just, um, you know, the, it, it's now got a decent motor in it. I put a, you know, 290 cubic inch Rambler V8 that was a bit of a bitzer that we found, you know, laying around a few bits from here, bits from yeah. there. Yeah. And in 2010, when the dollar was good, I just went nuts and just bought, you know, got a, got a new block, built a 360 for it. So it's a pretty stout little combination. I was going to say, it is pretty stout. Like, what's that run over the strip? It's low 12s or something? It's, oh, it's, a, it's, a 12, it's run a 1287. Yeah, you know, nice. Seven mile an hour um, yep. on on a set of ET streets, but I've actually run, and I'm, I'm probably more proud of this. It went 12.96 on a set of 19575 white wall <laughs> radios. Sweet. So so that's cool. and and it's not you know it's it's my daily driver. Like you know it's it's my only car. We've mm. got a two car garage. I'd love to have more cars. I just don't you know I don't have any room to keep it, and I wouldn't want to leave anything out on the street. So yeah, it's just my my, my kids now get driven to school, and we go to shops. You know I've driven it everywhere from when I lived in Sydney, Sydney to Melbourne. You know it's been. Perth to Kalgoorlie, Perth to Geraldton, Perth to Albany. It's done done plenty of miles, you know, plus tons and tons around the city, obviously. So yeah. yeah, sweet. Two things I love about your car. The fact you told me once you painted it coral blue because of the HQ Ute from Ron Barclay yep. was inspired you. And secondly, yep. now I'm going to have to get you to send me this photo so I can put it on our Instagram, a photo of a very young Boris in in shorts that would scare Warwick Kappa and it's it's still green your Rambler and has it got has it got a set of speedy gladiators or something on it those chrome like, wheels they, yeah they were a set of um, so the first thing I did when I got in the car was I put disc brakes on it yeah had the drums on it and then you know some wheels and tyres so I put on a set of Yokohama 352 radials Sweet. on a set of 14 by 7 just chrome they were like a star like a five spoke star shaped wheel I have no idea what brand or you know what they were but like you know that sounds about right, and I got—I think I got the four wheels for like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, you know. So they, they were just cheap and available. And uh, the mistake I made was um, the the tires rubbed a bit when I had three people in the back because I quite often drive and I chuck mates in the back. We go to the pub and I, you know, I'd be yeah. a responsible human. Yeah. But it used to rub, and then so we knocked the, the the fender lips up so it didn't rub so much. 
but then all that rubber got caught up where we bash bash the fender lips up, and it, and it, and it, you know that's about the only rust in the car. Yeah. So it would have yeah. been a. You know, and it's still something I'm battling to this day. I need to need to get that sorted. There's a bit of rust coming out in the fender lips, and it's all all dates back to the '80s when we were young and should have known better. But um, yeah. anyway, you got to be pretty proud if you have to bash the lips up to stop yourself rubbing. You know, you're doing pretty alright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Cheers. Look, again, we really appreciate you joining us for this episode. And also, should anyone want to get in contact with us, please email thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or you can message us through our Instagram page at the thongslappers. So, mate, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And hopefully I should get to meet you in person one day. Maybe someone that's 34. Telf. Hopefully, mate. Yeah, I'll uh, put a good word in for you. But, um, yeah, no, uh, it would, would be good. All right, cheers, mate. Hopefully you can join us again do one of these another time if you can. Absolutely, mate. That would be right. fantastic. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Boris. Cheers. See ya. Sounds good. And I think that was probably the least amount of swearing ever in a Thong Slappers episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>